welcome to the Podcock Peacast. I'm your host, the only Tyler Peacock. A uh, little two-man show here. Uh, Bryce Bumgarner is uh, doing the day job duties late. Um, maybe we'll hear from him later. Um, a, a post-production uh, bit, or not a bit, but you guys get what I'm trying to say. I don't really know how to explain it, but I do have live and in the flesh here, uh, Bobby Russell. Uh, what's up, dude? I uh, just enjoying this summer, late summer weather today we're having, and uh, we'll be sure to cover Bryce when we talk about the Browns later. He gave us some words of wisdom today to pass on to you. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, all right, let's jump into this damn thing, man. Winners and losers of the week. Um, we could alternate this. Uh, I'll let you start. You could go with your loser or winner wherever you want. Uh, wherever you want to go with it. Uh, I'll start my winner this week. Big time win. Kansas Jayhawk football. Uh-huh. Yep. I mean, that was a hell of a game. I watched. I didn't watch any of it. I don't think it was even on TV. But watching the highlights, like during on Twitter, and then when the game was over, seeing how it ended, um, hell of a win for them. You know, they've had the one great season in the last thirty years uh, with the Akib Talib team that went to the Orange Bowl, and to see them going to Texas, I think it was the first win ever at Texas for them. I. I want to say so but incredible win you know losing less miles before the year started um i think they lost a couple to the transfer portal and then it's just kansas football in general i mean it's you're going to be overshadowed by the basketball team for eternity so good for them um and then uh excited excited for that i i I would love to see them have a turnaround especially with the uh, new big 12 coming soon yeah yeah it was i think it was their first win ever um at, at Daryl K. Royal Memorial. So uh good on them. Um they kind of took it to can or to Texas in the first half of that one. I had that wrote down. Um I'll go to with my number two option I had wrote down. Um I'm gonna stick with the racing theme here. Lewis Hamilton. Um mm. just a just a tremendous drive all weekend. Brazil. Um you know he's he's trying to run down Max on the in the drivers championship battle in Formula One. Um Sticks it on the pole for the sprint race. It was a sprint race format. Um, a little uh, shady stuff with the DRS flap uh, being, I think it's 85 centimeters, a little bit bigger than that. Um, just trying to find the margins there or whatever, but, hey, that's racing. So gets uh, penalized to 20th, very last place on the grid of the sprint race. Um, takes it clear up to, to P5 in the sprint race and then has a five place penalty starts 10th in the GP on Sunday. And just, I mean, that drive was, um, I mean, it's a Lewis Hamilton drive, but the dude in Brazil, it, it kind of reminds you of a charge that Senna would have back in, in his heyday or a Michael Schumacher, Schumacher type drive in his day. Just, uh, I mean, a fantastic drive and what it's 14 points, is uh, the deficit now. So, um, you know, if Max has some bad luck and uh, Lewis wins another one, he, he'll have the lead. And um, if not, he's he's still allowed to win the championship um, winning out. So, um, yeah, three more races. It's it's going down to the nitty-gritty. Yeah, I that was an, an incredible race uh, all the way around. Um, the, the sprint race, I'm not a fan of them, but Lewis coming from 20th to what was it? <laughs> that was, to fifth. Yeah, that was awesome. 24 laps, absolutely incredible. And going to the duel in the desert now, three straight in the Middle East. And uh, I'm excited to see this uh, never before race at an F1 track in, in Qatar. Yeah. Um, it, it's a lot of straights, going to be a Mercedes track. The next three are all going to be a Mercedes track, especially with the second new one in uh, Saudi Arabia with Jeddah. Um, if it's finished, um, <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I think it's going to set up for come all come down to Abu Dhabi and it's going to be a great end of the season with the changes there too. That's yeah, that's what I want. I mean, I, you know, if Lewis, uh, gets his eighth championship, you know, he's got 101 now grand prix win all time pole, uh, setter in F1 history. I mean, he's, he's rewrote the record book. So I don't, I don't know if I'm necessarily rooting for him. To uh to win the championship, I'm not rooting against him though. I, I just want to come down to Abu Dhabi and and those guys put on a, a proper fight uh for the for the championship in the last round. That's uh you know last time we had that was when um Nico 
uh, won the championship from Lewis, but that ended up kind of being a kind of being a boring race, honestly. I think Lewis tried his damnedest to back some traffic up in the Nico and to no avail. But uh, yeah, that, I think that's all we're we're trying to get to here as uh, as a Formula One fans. And I mean, I guess you give credit to Red Bull. Like their car is, it has been better this year. Like mm-hmm. I think they pushed their chips all in. We'll see how that kind of helps or hurts them next year with the new regs. But uh, they finally caught Mercedes. It only took, what, eight years in the turbo hybrid era. But, uh, you know, we'll see how it unfolds. Um, my loser, I- I'll leave you I'll leave you with, I think, the two obvious. I'm going to go with the Florida International Football. Um, FIU, Butch Davis steps down. Um the story came out this week where last two years of COVID last year and this year, not allowed to go out on the recruiting trail and, and do like in home visits and stuff like that. Uh, they had five year old hand me down like pads from, I think Mississippi state, their uniforms are nine years old, just stuff that you wouldn't think would ever happen. And, and obviously they're a Sunbelt team. It's a lower level of uh, FBS football, but you would not think that a program, you know, on the one uh, division one level would have those kind of budget issues. And it's just, it's kind of sad. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know how yeah. else to describe it. So they're my loser of the week. What about yours? Yeah. just real quick. Like with like the equipment stuff and everything too. I'll go ahead. Yeah. The, the, that has to be as like where I used to coach, those things get reconditioned every two years and have to pass rigorous tests. And if the, the helmets really are only like a two year thing, it's, it's kind of like a like a car seat. It's good for mm-hmm. one accident. After two years, those helmets you got to get them replaced. And like he said, sabotage from the the school. It, I you can you can tell. And for Butch Davis, you know, such a great coach. All the great teams he coached. Um, you know, he didn't have the most success in Cleveland. Um, insert something from Bryce here saying, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Um, but it, it, it's it's sad. It's a sad state of affair for the most watched sport in the country. Um, so I'll move on to my loser from that then. Sticking in the state of Florida, Florida Gators. Woof. Oh. Woof. I mean, that's the sound that the Sanford Bulldogs are making. They were up in the game, I believe. Um, and then to score 52 on Florida, you know, they did score 70. But if they didn't, they lose that game. I mean, if they score five touchdowns, they lose that game. And, you know, you can't always say that on a college football Saturday. But – what a fall from grace for Florida to that. Uh, taking Alabama to within a two-point conversion of beating them, uh, getting slaughtered by Georgia, uh, losing to Kentucky, losing to LSU. It's just it, – with LSU in a down year too. Um, sad state of affairs for them. You know, you always like to see um, at least one good Florida team, um, you know, with between them, Miami, and Florida State. And they're all three just big turds in the punch bowl right now. And I, I think it all starts with um, the head coach there, Dan Mullen, uh, who I mentioned as a uh, dark horse candidate for USC earlier this year. Um, still hope that holds true. I think he can do some good things at USC, what he's doing at Florida. None of that. Um, wouldn't <laughs> mind that at all. But Florida's just – they're just not Florida. I mean, even before Urban, um, Steve Spurrier, when he was the coach there, they just had a certain swagger about them. And it's just, it's just not there with the program. And I don't think athletes necessarily see Florida like that anymore as they used to either. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I heard uh, Stanford, Steve and Scott Van Pelt on, on their podcast. Stanford, Steve brought this up. Like you look at the three, like pretty much the big three hotbed states and football recruiting, Florida, Texas, and California go ahead and tell me who the best teams in those states are this year and in, in FBS football, like Baylor, Baylor, Houston and Texas, Florida, like, I, yeah. I don't know. Uh, in California, I mean, it's San Diego state, like your, your lower level mid tier type uh, outfit out there. So it's just weird that like, and, and I don't really know what the answers are to, to any of those. Like, I don't know. I thought you were going to go to Texas there just to piggyback up your Kansas thing, but I guess we're not piling on. But, um, I, it was it crossed my mind, but the last second I was like, <laughs> Texas has been kind of real shitty the last few years. And Florida, at least, Florida's had, you know, 
a couple of 10 win seasons here and there sprinkled in, but Florida I, could have been a playoff team last year. If they beat Bam in the, in the SEC title game, they could have been the fourth team. I mean, right. there's some talk about that. So yeah, I don't know, man. Like, um, yeah, I guess we're piling on Florida because I, I had Dan Mullen as the loser of the week last week for his recruiting comments and, and stuff, but it's, it's, it's dire. Um, so I don't know. Um, I guess another new noteworthy thing here, um, Washington and, and Virginia tech both opening up this year. And I know last time me and you were on this together, you know, obviously SC LSU or LSU SC and in, in some order are the top two jobs, but, um, out of the two jobs between, well, I'll, I'll throw TCU in there out of TCU, Virginia tech, and uh, Washington, what what do you think is that, that third job in line so far for this uh, coaching carousel? I, I, I think from a realistic winning standpoint, with TCU, you're not really sure what the Big 12 is going to be if Oklahoma and Texas bolt after this year, if they're still going to be there. So I still think you'll be a second-tier, third-tier team in the Big 12. Washington – they, you know, they, they've proven they can recruit. They can they can go into Hawaii. They can go into Samoa and get a lot of good recruits. Um, you know, they play in the Pac-12 North, so your real competition there is Oregon. That's about it. Um, and then, you know, you got a great place to play in Washington. Um, they just announced a really big NIL deal coming in Washington. Curious to see how that folds. Um, that could draw some athletes there. And then Virginia Tech – in the ACC, you know, Clemson's got a down year this year. Um, you know, Wake Forest is probably the best team in the ACC this year. Them, Pitt. And in the conference that – the division ACC that Virginia Tech is in, they've had a different representative in the conference championship game the last eight years, including Notre Dame last year. So I would go with Virginia Tech because, you know, you can recruit the East Coast. Virginia is a pretty good state recruiting-wise. Uh, go. You can draw some from Ohio, draw some from the Carolinas and Floridas in there. Uh, you got an easy, winnable games in the ACC, and I, I think they they value football there a lot higher than Washington does. So I, I would go for Virginia Tech for sure. And you got a solid foundation there to start with. Um, I think Fuente left it in a good spot. Obviously, the results didn't come for him, but I think he built a foundation off of what Beamer did as well, and it, it, it's sturdier there than other places. Yeah, I I think I might lean Washington. Just, I mean, I guess if you look at those three, um, historically Washington's been the strongest um, from a traditional standpoint. Uh, the Pac-12 still kind of, hmm, it, it's it's to me it's still at a higher level, uh, or could be at a higher level. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I I just think it would be if you're able to get guys to come out there and visit Seattle. Um, I, I think you could have those guys hooked on, on just the, the surrounding environment. I mean, I've been to Blacksburg, Virginia before. I mean, it's a beautiful campus, but it's just, they clearly off the highway cleared out acreage and dropped the college on it. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're, there's right. not a whole lot to do there. Um, and, and TCU, it's just kind of like, I mean, especially with Bay, with Baylor's kind of, they've had a, some ups and downs but Baylor's been better than them um and then obviously A&M and, and Texas are always going to be the two uh, most popular brands in in that state um and then you know as long as Oklahoma's on the block and and even Oklahoma State yeah you're right it's kind of like you know every once in a while they they could sneak up there and 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 make some noise but I'm interested. I think that might be the most intriguing job. My last point on it mm-hmm. is, is this is the first time TCU has been open, obviously in over 20 years. And this is, this is the first time it's been open as a power five job. So um, definitely think like the backyard recruiting base there though, would be on paper, the, the easiest and the most fruitful out of the three we just discussed though. So I don't know. I, I just think those three are kind of all, jumbled in into kind of the same boat right now yeah like you said the, the recruiting there in texas is 
top three states in the nation for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're getting fringe four-star guys. You know, you might be able to pluck a five-star guy. Um, and you're living in that three to four-star range there. And, you know, Gary Patterson built a career up of it. And it's, it can be done. And, you know, I would say the one positive is there are changes on the horizon for the Big 12. You know, you're bringing in Houston, Cincinnati, SMU. So you're getting teams that you can beat and teams that are on your same level recruiting wise. So the opportunities there, if you can get in and they let you build to bridge to that next step in the big 12. Yeah. Very, uh, very interesting. Um, I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see what happens with it. I did see two, I guess two more real quick notes. Um, or I'll just ask you, did you see the uh, Lincoln Riley contract rumor to LSU? I have not. Okay, it's uh, I, I think it's eight, eight years, and I think it's in that uh, ninety ninety four maybe is what I've seen. I'm gonna look at the tweet here. I do know for a fact that uh, the Mel Tucker extension rumors <clears throat> that uh, Michigan State is uh, getting ready to offer Mel Tucker a ten year extension for ninety five million, and uh. Here's the report. Reportedly, LSU has offered uh, Lincoln Riley an eight-year, ninety-six million-dollar contract to uh, jump ship. So, I just your quick thoughts on on those two rumors. I think that would be a downgrade at this point. You know, yeah, I don't know, man. That's to me, those are like on equal footing. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, I think I'm only got thunder. Yeah, I only got a few points on this one. You're in Oklahoma. You already recruit Texas well. You can recruit across the nation just by off the name Oklahoma as well. Oklahoma's going to the SEC. You're going to be playing LSU. And, you know, they might face a few uphill years here soon coming up unless they really hit it with the coach. Um, I I, I think the only thing that would draw someone – to go from Oklahoma to LSU would be that money there just because with everything coming. So I, I'm all for coaches getting paid. Um, but if you're a coach of values winning more than anything, I think you got to stick with Oklahoma in that situation. Yeah, I get, I get your point. And then the, and then the Tucker thing, like, I mean, just the turnaround job he's done this year. Um, he's two and zero against Michigan, the, much to my personal chagrin, but that, that's the reality of it. Um, I would think you would wait and to to see how the high state game. I mean, they're gonna extend him; he's gonna be a hot commodity. So I guess you you. I don't think he's signed it yet, but the reports are out there. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think there's too many people out there saying this is a bad move, though. I mean, I'm not. Are you? And, no, I I think they got a great thing going there. I think it'll end up like a D'Antonio situation. Yeah, I, I, I like that for the conference. Obviously, hate that for personal reasons. But I mean, I feel like uh, a strong Michigan State just means a, a stronger Big Ten. So I'm all for it. All right, let's jump into these games. Uh, where are we at? Week twelve of the season. We'll start. Uh, I guess this is well. This is where Bryce could jump in here. Uh, number seven, Michigan State, nine and one. At number four, Ohio State, also 9-1. Noon Eastern on ABC. Uh, Ohio State, a 19-point favorite at time of recording. Total uh, 68.5 is what I'm seeing. Um, so I guess if Bryce were to, to jump in, we'd splice it in here. And there you have it. If not, then that's just an awkward thing. But I'll throw this game to you first, man. Just uh, what, what's your thoughts on this one? What's your pick? Yeah, this, one, this one's kind of a tough one for me to get a, a hold on. You know, obviously, Ohio State's been playing probably best football in the nation outside of Georgia uh, since they lost to Oregon. They really haven't faced anyone with a running game since Oregon. Um, you know, and even Minnesota in week one, Ibrahim, before he got hurt, was on pace for like 225 yards rushing in that game. Um, and I think that's Michigan State's strength. That's what they want to do. They want to control the game, control the clock. I think that's what we're going to see in this game, a heavy dose of Kenneth Walker. Um, so I, I, I'd like the under in this one just because of that factor alone. Uh, I feel like Michigan State will be able to sustain drives. Ohio State's got the quick score offense. 
But if you're scoring in four plays and your defense is out there for, you know, seven, eight minutes drive, what, where, where does the scoring come from? Um, so I, I like the under in this game. I, I, as an Irish fan, I need Ohio State to win out. Um, Ohio State wins out and some other things fall into place. There's an outside chance that we could sneak in. Um, but I think if Michigan State wins, I think Kenneth Walker wins the Heisman on this game. I think this is kind of his statement game uh, to put the stamp on it after what he did against Michigan. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to disagree with that Walker statement. I, I mean, I, I don't think Michigan State's that good, man. And that, that sounds idiotic. They beat my team, um, you know. But I felt like that was more Michigan blowing the game than Michigan State coming and 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 winning it and taking it. Like Walker just does so much on his own. It's it's really remarkable the numbers he puts up because I don't think their offensive line's that great. Um, but somehow that they, they manage like, and Michigan state's sneaky, like explosive, like they, they run a flea flicker. It seems like every week and it works out. Um, they have big playability. Now I don't know Jalen Naylor's availability got hurt in the Michigan game in the first half hasn't played since, but, but Jaden Reed's another really nice receiver. They have, um, Peyton Thorne, uh, he's not Kirk cousins. He's not Connor cook, but. Um, I think he's better than Lewerke was um, in recent years. You know, he's he's had a really good year and solid. But I just cannot picture Sparty going into the shoe and beating them with with their secondary. Like they're one of the literally one of the worst pass defenses in college football. And I mean, Caden McNamara and, and Michigan, they look like the goddamn air raid. And, and, and the 90s with Steve Sperry or, or an early 90s Houston or BYU type team against Michigan State throwing the ball around on them. And, uh, I mean, we've seen what a high state's offense is capable of uh, in the in the passing game with those, those receivers. So I think I'm going to lay – I'm going to lay that big number and, and and lock up the Buckeyes. I actually found an 18-and-a-half at, at MGM, so I'm going to lock it in an 18-and-a-half there. I, I just think they kill them and um, – They'll be able to limit Walker um, just enough. But um, I don't know. Michigan State, they're one of those teams that they they kind of, when you least expect them to, uh, they, they drag you down into a game and, and come out victorious occasionally. So we'll see. Um, and obviously I'm, I'm rooting – from neither, but <laughs> I, I, I'd, I'd have a, I'd rather have a high state win to set up next week. And that kind of would eliminate uh, Michigan state, obviously from the, the big 10 East crown. So uh, I guess putting my priorities in line, um, I'm hoping high state wins. Uh, next one, you, uh, your Notre Dame fighting Irish eighth in the new poll, um, two thirty Eastern time NBC, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Georgia Tech coming to town. I have the Irish as a um, what is it, 17? 17 point favorite, and the mm-hmm. total uh, 59 and a half, 60 range. There, uh, I'll throw it to you again, man. Uh, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, um, I'm not gonna sit here and talk about Georgia Tech a lot because you know, there's not much to talk about them. I was big on him before the year started. I, I, I really like Jeff Collins as a coach. Jeff Sims is a good quarterback, uh, but they don't have a defense. Jeff Sims is injured, and they've won three games this year. Um, so I don't see them coming in, especially on senior day for the Irish. I don't, I don't see them coming in and putting up any fight. I like the Irish to cover 17 here. Um, under, definitely. I think this is like a 38-3 to type game, 31-3, to something like that. Uh, for the Irish, it's just you know continue to win. Continue to stay healthy. Um, I think Kyle Hamilton, he's going to sit out until bowl game. Um, you know, we had a couple guys out game time decision last week because of the flu going through the locker room. Um, and, you know, Ryan Kelly's always had this stigma about not playing freshmen around him. And I think the freshmen have some been some of the best contributors on this team this year. Tyler Buckner, quarterback, stepping in when he needs to. Um, Lorenzo Styles, Logan Diggs with the hurdle of the year last, last week against Virginia. Um, so I think it's about, you know, establishing the run game, scoring early and often, staying healthy and getting out of there with a win. Um, you know, we talked about it in the group chat this week. 
Uh, I sent the thing of the ESPN college football where it said the Irish have the third best percentage to make the playoff. And there's quite a stir going around uh, Irish Twitter. Would you rather play in the Peach Bowl or Fiesta Bowl or get blown out by Georgia? And I'm of the fact that I would rather be in the playoff with a chance to win. And, you know, we probably will get blown out if we play Georgia. But at least you're there. At least you've made it. And that means you're one of the four best teams in college football. Recruiting has shown that. Coaching has shown that the last few years. So these people that would settle for a Peach Bowl win or a Fiesta Bowl win over a Wake Forest or a Pitt, that's that's just scared fandom. You, you want to be in the thing. You want to have a chance to win it all. And, you know, as me and Bryce's uh, high school coach, Dale Amick, said, if you're in it, you can win it. So, you know, if, if we went out, that's all we can do is just pray, light a candle with a grotto. If we get in the playoff, great. <laughs> if we go to a bowl game, great. I, I, I wouldn't hate – I wouldn't turn away a New Year's Six win, but I'd rather be in the playoff to, you know, show, you know we're, we're there. We've made it twice already. Why not make it a third time? And I, I think we have a team that can do it. Um, you know, I think it shows that the Cincinnati loss was more about the Irish playing down that day than Cincinnati being better than Notre Dame. I, I think that, I agree was the, that. that was the one time out of 10 times that Cincinnati would beat the Irish. Um, and I, I just think we're a much better team than then. And I think it's, it's kind of shades of uh, 2014 when Ohio State lost to Virginia Tech in week two and then just played great, won out, and they made it in and won it all. So uh, that's what I'm here for. I'm here for the Irish. Another home win. Um, start a new winning streak at home. And uh, then on to the farm next weekend. Yeah, I, I, I'm locking up Notre Dame too, dude. And I think it, it'll be similar to last week's game. Probably a little bit of a little bit bigger of a points discrepancy at the end of this one. But you know, I don't see Georgia Tech putting up much resistance, kind of like uh, the Virginia game last week. That no doubt about it. Just a, a nice methodical. Uh, you just pull away as the game c- continues to go on. Um, yeah, you guys end up burying them, and yeah, I um, I mean, I we forgot to talk about the playoff rankings, but I I think eight's the cutoff this week. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that the top eight teams are the are the eight left. I, maybe you could argue Oklahoma State at nine, uh, but I I think the Big Twelve's done. So, um, I think the cutoff's at eight. Um, with two weeks left in the regular season, so, um. All right, we'll move to the sixth-ranked Michigan Wolverines, my team. They're 15-point favorites, 56-and-a-half is the total. Uh, going on the road to take on the Terrapins of Maryland, 5-and-5 uh, five five football team. Last week, uh, huge one. Very surprising to go in the, to Penn State and, and come away with that win. Um, was very happy, obviously. So this week, it, you know, I'm not going to break down the X's and O's or anything like that. Just don't fuck it up. Like, I'm not really looking forward to next week, but if we win, or you got to win to set up next week um, and put yourself in a position, um, you know, coming into the year, if you told me we were 10 and 1, knock on wood, going into next week, I would be, uh, I'd sign me up for that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just don't fuck it up. It's, it's definitely a trap game, you know, coming off that big win and what you have to look forward to. But uh, I don't know. Maryland has some athletes, but I feel like they're just Talia's prone to to run backwards and take like a thirty yard sack at uh at the worst time, or they're prone to turn to the football ever. So uh, as long as we stay focused, I, I think we'll get out of there uh, with a comfortable win and get ready for next week. Have any thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, just I, I think Michigan covers in this one. Um... Maryland is not good. I, I, I think this is a game where Michigan could hold them to zero or seven points. Um, it, Maryland just took a turn for the worse. Um, you know, last year they had some lightning in a bottle, just not there this year. And, uh, you know, I think, I think uh, College Park's won the basketball season already. All right, we'll move on to the bangers. Uh, noon Eastern time, e- or uh, yeah, on ESPN, number 10, Wake Forest, the Demon Deacons um, on the road. Still undefeated in ACC play, uh, they go into Clemson, take on the seven and three Tigers, unranked in the college football playing playoff rankings, of course. But Clemson, a four and a half point home favorite, and the total on this one fifty six and a half. 
Um, I'll start this one out. I soft lean towards Clemson. Like I, mm. I just, I they're home. Like I, I think the defense uh, is still pretty damn good. Um, I know they haven't had uh, Brian Bercy all year, pretty much, or since the first couple games of the year. But it, it's still Clemson. They still got more talent than than Wake, and I think they can ugly this up and. I feel like they've kind of found a running game quietly. Wow, nobody's been paying attention the last few weeks. Uh, so maybe four and a half is too much. But, uh, yeah, I feel like this is maybe a Vegas knows something game. What are, we, what are you thinking here? There's still an outside chance Clemson makes the ACC yeah. championship game. <laughs> yeah. And that just tells me everything I need to know about that conference being completely out of playoff this year. Um, I, Wake Forest, you know, great season by them. There's no way they could leap five teams in front of them to make the playoffs. No, no. Absolutely no chance. So Clemson at home, you know, Death Valley, tough place to play. Um, I don't believe they've lost a game at home this year. Um, to be sure. Yeah, I think they've won every game at home. Georgia was a neutral site. So it's a tough place to play. Like you said, they found a running game. Tony Ellis called in some good games. Will Shipley, the freshman. Um, hey, he's nice. Yeah, he's great. Um, wish he would have went to Notre Dame, but I think it's working out pretty well for both sides. And Wake Forest, we talked about this week in and week out. They, they, they play for each other, a bunch of fifth-year, sixth-year guys that all came back for one last run. And I, I, I want to see them get it done, but I just think Clemson's just – the athlete difference just means that much more. Recruiting the stars mean that much more in a game like this, and I think Clemson will win this game. All right, we'll move on to the second banger, 3.30 Eastern time, CBS – uh, the SEC game of the week, number 21, Arkansas. They're 7-3, and 3-3 three, three and three in the conference. They'll go to number two, Alabama, the tie, 9-1 and one and 5-1 and one in the Southeastern Conference. Alabama, 21-point favorites, 58-and-a-half. Uh, right now is the total. Um, I'll throw it to you here first. Is, is Arkansas covering? What, what's going to happen? I, I think this will be a closer game than we would have thought looking at this game before the season started, Arkansas. Uh, has a run game. They, they can score. Uh, Bama's defense is good. They're not great, so they do give up some stuff. Uh, they let LSU hang around, uh, play them to a 20-14 to 14 game. Uh, LSU with a chance to win in that game. Um, I think Alabama's got blinders on. I think their preparation right now is more on Auburn more so, so I think they'll have kind of a down, a slow game to start. Um, give me Arkansas to cover, give me Alabama to win. Yeah, I don't know if I want to touch I don't know if I want to touch the 21. I feel like if it climbed maybe the 22, maybe take the hogs uh, with the chance of a backdoor cover. I just think Alabama can still make a team like Arkansas like one dimensional mm-hmm. and and put it all on KJ Jefferson's arm to to win it and I don't think he, he's capable. I I like him. He's a good player, but um I don't know. Will Anderson's just been really fucking good this year for Alabama. They're 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 DN. Um but uh I don't know man. I could see it. Reason why I'm staying away too is yeah, you mentioned that the Iron Bowl's next week. Like that's kind of a look at spot. Like it, it is. That's that's obviously a, a hated uh heated rivalry. Um and uh I could see maybe you said getting out to a slow start for Bama. Yeah, that could that could happen. So I wouldn't Lock up Bama, but I I don't think they're in any real danger or peril to uh, lose the football game. I don't think our, Arkansas is that guy. Um, we'll stay in the three thirty window. SMU, the the Mustangs, eight and two on the season. Um, they will travel to number five, Cincinnati, ten and zero. Uh, Nippert Stadium should be rocking. This line is uh, Cincinnati favored by eleven and a half. The total is sixty five. Um, Am I crazy to kind of like SMU with the points, but Cincinnati wins like by a touchdown or or ten? Like that's that's kind of how I feel this one goes. I don't think you're crazy. Um, you might think I'm crazy. I think SMU can win this game. Um, <laughs> I, I I think Tanner Mordecai is playing some he, good football. You know they've is. they've lost a couple games, but they've been in those games and they lost the one to Houston, which Houston will play Cincinnati in the AAC championship game most likely. Yeah, that'll be a good one too. Um, yeah, and you know, if if this is a, if Cincinnati plays like they did against Tulane, Tulsa, uh, Navy, SMU sneak up and beat them in this one. And you know, 
it's kind of a tough point from being an Irish fan because you want Cincinnati to win out. That's one of the things that could help you. Uh, but if they lose here, then lose the AAC championship game, you're going to leapfrog them. And I think even with one loss, I think the Irish leapfrog Cincinnati. Um, so I, I'm pulling for SMU all the way on this one. Um, I, I want to see the Mustangs come up north and beat them. And I want to see some sad looks on some Bearcats. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think I'm rooting against Cincinnati. It's just like, I mean, no offense. Like, the, other than beating Notre Dame or Notre Dame beating themselves, which I, I agree with you, like, what? I get it. You're in a you're in a G five conference, but like, what what have you done? Like, right? They're they're, they're and it, not everything's like gambling related. I get that. I feel like the show kind of leans towards gambling a little too much. Maybe that's just says something about you and I or whatever. But like, they're they're five and five against the spread too, and like I feel like it's been a month since they've covered a game, so it's kind of like. You know, the reason why Boise had that opportunity before that Nevada Kaepernick team beat him the last game of the regular season, Boise f- beat Georgia and and I think it was was it Oregon? They they beat two mm-hmm. pretty pretty big heavyweights, or maybe it was Oregon State. They they beat a Pac twelve school and an SEC school in a neutral site game. And then they just beat the shit out of everybody. And then they tripped up against Nevada. Like that's kinda how we, I, I have always felt like uh, a lower level G G five team has to has to do it, and they have to get the breaks together. Why? And um, I mean, no offense, but yeah, I, if if SMU does beat them, that's not going to be like any any skin off my ass, you know. So, right. and I, I think if you would have looked before the season and said Cincinnati will be Indiana and the Irish back to back weeks on the road, back to back weeks, you'd be like, yeah, that's pretty damn good resume there. And then Indiana just tanked, and then yeah. it's you know one hand or the other with that game against the Irish now. So it's it's a tough spot, and like you said, they got they have to destroy teams, and they're they're not, and I think it's going to come back to bite them. And it's like I mean, you can't do anything about it if you're if you're Cincinnati, but like I feel like you know you I feel like UCF like. They're six and four right now, four and three in the conference. Like I feel like you thought that, you know, if they were kind of close to what they've been the last few years, that elevates the AAC. And then maybe like a Navy or a Memphis or, or you know Temple or somebody who's played good football over the last few years in that conference. And those teams are just down this year. It's just kind of a bad luck situation. Like I feel like the last few years the AAC has kind of been. I mean, I'm not going to say it's been better than the Pac-12, but, like, the top two, three teams probably could have took on the top two or three teams out of the Pac-12 and gave them a game or beat them. And this year, I just don't feel like that's that's that. Like, I feel like Cincinnati could beat anybody in the country, like, in a one-off game, just just the old, you know, on any given Sunday or Saturday, whatever the cliche is. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, all right, let's uh, move on to more bangers here. Um, number 11, Baylor coming off that huge win uh, against Oklahoma last week. They go on the road, take on an unranked team, but 7-3 and three, uh, is the Kansas State Wildcats, 5.30 Eastern time, kind of a weird time window that's on FS1. Right now, K-State, a one-point favorite at home. The total on this one, 49.5, 50 in some places. Um I don't know. I feel like this is the that spot where like everybody's patting Baylor on the on the back. Good job, you guys beat Oklahoma. You did it, and then you have to go to Manhattan, Kansas, and the uh, the Wildcats are going to be ready for you. And I I think Kansas State not an upset according to the spread right now, but in the rankings, this would be an upset. So uh, what do you, what do you think here? Yeah, we, I think we've been on Kansas State being an upset team all year. Um, yeah, we we called them against. Oklahoma. I think we pulled for them against Iowa State at one point. Um, and you know, this would be the perfect spot for them to get their one big win a year. And we've seen it happen against Oklahoma like almost every year. It feels like. Um, and Baylor, they used up a lot of emotion, a, a lot they used up against last week against Oklahoma to win that game. 
Um, and you got to come down from that. And, you know, if they Aranda can find a way to keep their spirits up, to keep their focus up and focus on the week at a time, I think they'll be all right. But going into Manhattan, the little apple, um, I like Kansas state to pull this one off and effectively. I think then the, all the hopes for the big 12 fall in Oklahoma state. Yeah. Yeah. I, by the way, both, uh, both these quarterbacks, Gary Bohannon for Baylor, and Skylar Thompson uh, for Kansas State, both very underrated, good, solid college quarterbacks. So that'll be a fun matchup. And then uh, Deuce Vaughn, the little scat back from Kansas State, one of the funnest uh, players in the country to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, final banger of the week, number three, Oregon, the Ducks, 9-1. and one. Go on the road, Pac-12 championship preview, part one, if you will. Um uh, they go to number 23, Utah. The Utes, 7-3, 6-1 in the conference are both these teams. 7.30 Eastern time on ABC. Utah, three-point home favorites. 59 is the total. What do you got on this one? I'm, I'm on Utah the whole way here, and I think this uh-huh. will be the first of two matchups. Uh, we're going to see it again in two weeks, I think. I think if Arizona State loses and I think if – I think it's Oregon State loses. Both these teams clinch no matter what happens in their game. Um, I I like Utah at home, man. Uh, That's a tough place to play. This is Oregon's first real test since playing Ohio State. Um, You know, they kind of got to some iffy games against Washington and stuff, but they were in control most of the time, I felt like. I I think Utah's got smash mouth football. Um, You got a lot of the the Samoans there in Utah and Salt Lake. I I think it's going to be – hard physical game and i think utah's built for that and oregon's built for you know what oregon's built for speed getting to the outside and quick scoring and utah's going to control this game and i think this is the first upset of this weekend or not the first upset of the weekend because it's the late game but you know what i mean yeah i man i at first i was like man i love utah just because Rice Eccles Stadium, it's a, it's a tough environment to go win for anybody to go in there. But I, I've been on this Oregon thing, I feel like, all year where in the big games, they're going to get up for them. And, you know, last week I was kind of impressed because I thought Wazoo might be able to play with them. Wazoo almost backdoor covered, or they did backdoor cover that game, but that game was never really in doubt. Um I don't know. I I just think Oregon's tough. Anthony Brown, I don't like him that much, but like he's a huge dude. He's tough mm-hmm. to tackle, and, and when they get him involved in the running game, Travis Die, he's got nine hundred yards on the season, a little over nine hundred yards. So uh, he's real solid. Oregon's defense, I think it's it's tough in the front seven, especially uh, Thibodeau and and their linebackers behind that D line. I don't know. I just think Oregon's tough, and and you can get them, given uh, getting some points here. Um, I I think they can go and win that game. I'm not locking that up. Um, definitely going to be intrigued see how this one plays out. But uh, I uh, I don't know. I just got a feeling about it where Oregon it ain't going to be easy. They might have to you know bubble gum and scotch tape some drives together here and there because Utah's going to be pretty salty defensively in their front seven like they always are. But uh, I, I think the Ducks can escape with a win. Probably going to be an ugly game. Might be an under game. And I'm seeing 52 in rain. Ducks like rain. So that's, uh, I don't know. Should be a fun one and a, and a good football game here. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to go through the rest of the menu. Um, got a decent one Friday night on a 9 o'clock FS1. Air Force at Nevada, both teams seven and three. Um, let's see here. Moving to Saturday noon, Iowa State at number thirteen, Oklahoma is at noon. Uh, the three thirty window. We got Virginia at number eighteen, Pittsburgh at three thirty. Um, we got another three thirty game here. UAB at number twenty two. UTSA four o'clock. We got Louisville, uh, Louisville now. We got Louisiana, uh, the Rage of Cajuns at Liberty. Kind of a fun uh, G5 game. Uh, Auburn on the road at South Carolina at seven. Oklahoma State, number nine team in the country at Texas Tech at eight o'clock. And final game I got down here is uh, Arizona State 
at Oregon State. So uh, kind of that that you mentioned those two teams a little bit ago. Um, I got that UVA pit game as as the game I circled. Um, I don't know if you are going to select off that list or talk about something else, but that's the game I think is the most intriguing in the in the rest of the the schedule here. The the UVA pit game, I, I think if Virginia's quarterback, um, he didn't play against the Irish. They had a couple guys in, like kind of rotating. They they weren't great. They were mostly FCS recruited guys, um, and they didn't really play well. Brennan Armstrong really makes that team go. Um, really makes you think that the Heisman should be reconsidered because without him, they they had no offense. Um, you know, I think going to the pit, if he's not playing, I think Pitt wins that one easily. Um, the Iowa State Oklahoma game, that's one we talked about all year. I think that was preseason in our big yeah. preview. <laughs> that was uh, the number one game, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> lost, a, lost a lot of its like star power and everything. But, you know, I, I, Iowa State has Oklahoma's number, and I think we're going to see that again. So that's kind of my one to watch there. Uh, I think that'll be one everyone's keeping an eye on for the playoffs, too, especially. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I guess number three on that list could be uh, number nine, Oklahoma State on the road. Texas Tech coming off a big win. Dude hit a 62-yarder at at the gun to beat Iowa State, a fun one last week. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I guess this this weekend, uh, it's kind of the precursor to to rivalry week. Not a a terrible slate. Uh, I'm more excited, I think, about this slate of games. Uh, across the board than last week's slate. So, um, I don't know. Ready to move on to the NFL? Yeah, let's do it. All right, we'll start with our team's preview uh, first. One Eastern time. The All of a sudden, you, you blow out the Rams on Monday night, and you put a little pep in my step. The the four and five Niners on the road that go to Jacksonville, take on the two and seven Jags uh, on Fox, one Eastern on Sunday. Niners, a uh, six-point favorite, 45 is the total. I'm just saying this, dude, and I'll, I'll probably have egg on my face when we come back next week and record. Urban Meyer, I'm coming for your ass with three fingers, dude. I'm <laughs> coming, and my Niners are coming for you too. We're coming for that ass. That's all I'm going to say. Niners are going to roll again. I feel it. Kittle's back. Defense look amazing against a very good Rams offense. Uh, Eliza Mitchell, the Shanahan's optimistic about his finger injury suffered in the Monday nighter, but uh, this rookie six-round pick out of Louisiana Lafayette is uh, just a diamond in the rough. I mean, what what else can you say? Um, plus, I feel like you get the five and five with seven to play. Uh, I, I think nine and I think nine and eight might get a wild card in the NFC. So I'm very much alive. I feel like so. Uh, that's where I'm at. I don't know if you have a play or or any, or a pick or anything on this one. I mean, they got a home win for the first time in two years, right? Yeah, for, since the uh, Packers NFC Championship game, <laughs> it's been eight eight home eight home games inside Levi Stadium in a row without a win. So yeah, the streak's over. Yeah, it was it was great. I was playing my uh, my desk buddy from work in fantasy, and he had Beckham left, and uh, glad they shut him down. So good on the Niners. You're welcome. Yeah. Um. All right. We got the, <laughs> we got the Lions. Oh, eight and one Lions at the five and five Browns. Also one Eastern time. Uh, kickoff Fox also on the broadcast. Browns are an eleven and a half point favorite. Forty three and a half is the total. Um, don't really need to pull up Bryce's text in the group chat. He said, "Fuck <laughs> the Browns," end quote. So I guess that's the preview. Like I don't know. Like the Browns should win this game, but the Lions play hard. Like that's all right. I could say. Yeah, I could speak from experience, and um, I couldn't agree more with Bryce. Fuck the Browns, definitely. I mean, <laughs> it, and he said it best. I mean, I'm not going to argue. Yeah, who who are we to argue with that? So uh, it's his team, and he has final say on it. So uh, and and 500 is still in play for the Lions, technically, and they can go eight eight and one now. That'd be some fucking funny shit, dude. <laughs> Plus, I I don't think they're going to. But like, <laughs> what if the or the what if the Lions were one eight and one going into their Thanksgiving game next week? Like that's a kind of a nice whole uh, record in in some capacity. So, 
but nothing excites me more than a Lions Thanksgiving game. I mean, I it's terrible football, but it is so much. It's football fun to watch. I mean, while you're sitting there cooking, drinking, and I'm sure we'll have a Thanksgiving preview next week for everyone. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's 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 on its way, and the one eight and one Lions. I, I like the sound of that. <laughs> All right, finally, your team plays Sunday night football. Uh, they go to the LA Chargers right now. Chargers five and a half point favorites. The total is forty seven and a half. Who the fuck's playing for you guys? I, mean, it, it, I, I don't could know. not tell you. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, take it away. Yeah, speaking of eight, eight and one, still in play for the Steelers. Um, <laughs> brutal schedule coming up for us. I mean, it's it, it's it's not going to be a fun next seven games. Chargers, Bengals, Ravens twice, Vikings, Titans, Chiefs, Browns. It's, it's the gauntlet of the season. They, they had to beat the Lions. It was a must win. Unfortunately, we're, our team is 100% vaccinated. Everyone is. And then to be put on there Saturday night at 830, it was just, you, you knew something fucky was going to happen. Mason Rudolph is a serviceable backup in spots. This is the spot. You know, you figure you're playing the winless Lions. Um, you know, whether it be weather that happened, whether it be the Lions playing inspired ball, knowing Ben's out so that they actually have a chance. It was and it wasn't even on. It was supposed to be on TV and they switched it out for Falcons Dallas. Thank God. But for America to be subject to 10 minutes of that God awful football in the overtime period, I, it's the perfect primer for Thanksgiving. It was Steelers multiple chances to win, multiple chances to lose, and they were in field goal range for Boswell, mm-hmm. and they tried to get a few more yards, and then the second fumble happens. Um, it, it sucks, you know. We didn't lose to the Lions. I would have rather lost to the Lions just to see the excitement from their first win versus tying the Lions. It's just pitiful and then to lose tj watt in the game joe hayden minko will be out for this week he's on the covid list now going up against the chargers team that throws so many passes has so many weapons on sunday night football i I feel like there has to be a better game they can flex in for this one um it's i don't know ben it still sounds like he might not play so he might have mason rudolph again so I'm not excited. Um, you know, it was a good run. Now I'm just looking forward to the draft pick, just looking at our schedule. I I, I think we split with the Ravens, beat the Bengals. Uh, if the Browns continue to malfunction, I think we can beat them too. But it, it's going to be tough for the Steelers to make keep that seventh playoff spot. I mean, we're fifth right now, but, you know, the team's coming up behind you. The Colts, the Raiders, the Bengals, the Ravens, they're, they're all there. The Patriots are on a hot streak. So it's going to be interesting. They need to play the inspired ball if they want to send Ben out the right way, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, I, th- I think you got to. I think you hammered the Chargers, especially them coming off a bye. Absolutely. Anyway, but I will say this: you know this as well as anybody. Like that, that stadium is going to be seventy percent Steelers fans. Right. Like, I mean, it's <laughs> it's going to be a home game out there for them. So. Uh, Maybe the defense gets some takeaways and and uh, they could pull that out. I don't know. Like, not. I don't even know who's. I, I'll ask you at the end. I'll ask you at the end. Three three bangers and then one NFL question. We'll get the locks and get out of here. Uh, one Eastern Time CBS Colts at the Bills. Um, Bills seven point favorites. The total is fifty. Uh, how say you? What's gonna happen? I like the Bills in this one. I think there might be a chance for some weather in this game. Uh, I know there is a system coming across the north there. Um, so, you know, think back, what, five, six, seven years ago, Colts, Bills, and Buffalo, five inches, six inches of snow on the field. Um, great game. So, shades of that, hoping for that. And I like the Bills in this one. I think Colts are, Colts are a home team. They, they win this game, but on the road, they're not anywhere near as close to the talent Buffalo has. Yeah, dude, I can't. I, I mean, Bills Mafia is obviously, um, you know, it's a, it's an added bonus, uh, a factor, I should say. And I'm, I mean, seven's a lot, but I'm not gonna 
put my money behind Carson Wentz. I'm just not. The Colts are playing great. Jonathan Taylor's on a on a goddamn tear. I mean, he scores a touchdown every goddamn game. It seems like uh, their defense is playing well. But um, like I mean, I kind of like the Colts on paper going on this one, and I remember who the quarterback is. So uh, um, uh, that's a stay away. I, I think the Bills win that one. Four oh five Eastern time. We uh, have a CBS game here. Both teams five and four on the year. In the AFC, the Cincinnati Bengals off their bye go out to Vegas. Take on the Raiders. Uh, Cincinnati, one-point favorite, so this is essentially a pick. I'm 49 and a half is the total. Uh, I'll take Cool Joe Burrow and, and the Bengals off a of bye. Uh, obviously, the last couple games before the bye, the Jets game and then the Browns ass-kicking in, in Cincinnati, sour taste in their mouth. Uh, I think they went to work the last two weeks. And I'll keep saying it, like – the Gruden thing was one thing. The Henry Rugg situation's tragic, but that's a that's a thing. And the Dave the Damon Arnett thing. There's just so much going on with the Raiders right now that I don't know how they're focusing on football. Um, I, I said that last week about the Chiefs game, and and I'll continue to say that I think for the rest of the year until they're kaput and out of it. Uh, what do you think is going to happen in this one? Yeah, I, I like the Bengals to go in there. You talked about all the dysfunction within the Raiders organization. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bengals coming off a bye, you know, weeks to prepare for this one. And then uh, Zach Taylor is the degenerate. Talked about playing craps in Vegas. Says he <laughs> leaves his wife, doesn't go to the pool, doesn't go to shows, just plays for 72 hours. And uh, he's, he's one of us, probably a proud listener listening right now. Um, Tough so, Zach. Uh, yeah, you know, come on the pod. Uh, we're welcome to have you. Um, Give me the Bengals in this one. I, I mean, I, I don't think there's any chance the Raiders have in this game. I think the Bengals are going to be prepared. They they know they can make the playoffs this year, and this is going to be kind of their starting warpath. Final game, uh, four twenty-five Eastern Fox, America's game of the week. Seven and two Dallas Cowboys on the road. It go into Arrowhead, take on the six and four Chiefs. Casey's two and a half point favorites right now. The total is 56 on this one. I'll let you have first crack of this one. Yeah, Kansas City, uh, Texas's original football team. <laughs> I uh, I think Kansas City's figured something out, and I think it, it, this will be a shootout. I like the over in this game. Uh, Dallas, they're great. They dismantled Atlanta last week. Um, so I, I think we're going to see them continue to do stuff on offense and get the running game going in this one. Uh, I think they'll feed C.D. Lamb multiple times. I think Dalton Schultz ends up with a big game and this was tight end. And Chiefs, same thing. Kelsey looks good. Tyreek Hill's gonna look good. Um I, I think we might start to see more Josh Gordon in this game. I, I just have a feeling that, you know, he's been in there for a few weeks now. He's learned the playbook. They're bringing him along. I, I think this is the week that they kind of let him turn him loose and you see Josh Gordon start to show what he still has possibly. Um, I like the over in this one. I like the Chiefs on this one, and I think it'll be a real fun game on TV to watch. Yeah, I yeah, I'm with you. I, I think the, the Chiefs are getting, um, you know, they're 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 the Undertaker gif, him coming up through the coffin like it, we all tried to kill him a few weeks ago, and and they're not dead. They're still in this thing, and uh, Mahomes looked a little more Mahomesy last week um, in that Sunday nighter. Um, but I, I do think this will be fun and entertaining. I wouldn't make a gambling play on it because I do think Dallas is a real threat and is a team capable enough to go in there and, and, and win and pull the upset. So, uh, But gun the head, I'd take Chiefs uh, and a close one. All right, the question I want to ask you, and I'll come back and ask this to, to you and Bryce next week or the week after, um, but gun the head. Who would you trust, the one team you trust to come out and represent the NFC and the AFC in the Super Bowl. <laughs> that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. Um, uh, I I think AFC might be a little easier right now. Um, just looking at the teams that are in the playoff picture, I like the Bills come out of that one. Honestly, okay. I think I think they they have the Titans number. I think they can handle the Titans. If they get home field advantage, number one seed through the playoffs, that's a tough place to go in and play in December, January, February. So I like the Bills there. In the NFC, if 
if, I think if, if he stays off the COVID list, I think the Packers, um, yeah, you know, they lost some defense. I think they lost the Smith brothers, but they look, their offense is still good. It still rolls. Um, you know, Jordan Love showed he really can't do anything, but when Rodgers in there, healthy Devontae Adams, uh, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, um, that's one, two punch right there. I like the Packers. I'm the most confident in the Packers there. I agree with you in the NFC. I, I right now Green Bay uh, would be my my one team. I would I would you know tie my life to. In the AFC, I'm still gonna go Chiefs, man. Like I don't know. I, it sounds it sounds dumb, but like I guess he's the guy. They're the team the last few years. He being Mahomes, uh, that that would be the team I would trust. Like I like Baltimore's toughness, but damn that division's just gonna beat each other up. Um, I'm not so sure. I think we all thought it was going to be a foregone conclusion that Buffalo would just rule the East, and I'm not so sure New England's not going to win that division uh, as it stands right now. Tennessee, they're going to laugh their way in the into the into the playoffs out of the South, but like, I don't know. Especially with Derrick Henry, I know they're saying he's probably going to be back or could come back for playoffs, but I mean, without him, I can't really sign that ticket right now. So. But yeah, it's like I don't know. I feel like at, at this point in the NFL, like usually you have, you know, favorites, like overwhelming favorites in mm-hmm. each conference emerging, and we haven't had that this year. Like, and everybody has, everybody has like a bad loss too. Like, and everybody has at least two losses, which, I mean, that's the NFL. So it's crazy. Right. And the, uh, but the pro, I don't think the product's been that good the last couple of weeks in the NFL. It's like, been awful. <laughs> seriously. I, I mean, if, if an alien came to the country, the world last week and turned on Fox and saw Pittsburgh, Detroit, I think they would turn around and go back to their planet. Yeah. That was just, it was pitiful. And it's like that across every, every game almost. And a lot of that has to do with officiating and sometimes some circumstances um, and just, you know, still in a pandemic. So, you know, people are missing, but I mean, in the NFL, when was the last year you were like excited for the NFL? Like, I don't think I've been excited for the NFL since like 2011. Man, I, I'm not, I've, I've just always been more of a college guy anyway. Exactly. So it's yeah. like, I mean, there's certain matchups, certain individuals, like even the Niners. Like if the if the Niners like shit the bed like they did last year, or like the season goes into the into the, into the crap, or this year, like that doesn't affect me. Like Michigan playing bad does, and mm. and that stuff. I just more emotionally invested in in into college football and 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 Michigan football as a whole than I am in the NFL. So, and I I think that's why the show leans. More college anyway, so right. All right, I got gambling locks, dude. I went five and zero last week, uh, but my stupid ass did not play the five picks I made on the podcast. Well, I, I, I was, I'll say I went five and one. Um, I would have never put Coastal as a lock if I I clearly missed that Grayson Call was out for the season, and that line like tank it went down like eight full points or something like that after they announced that. That was a big miss on me. But if you take out that play, which I did not bet, um, 5-0 and last week, but I did play parlay card. And, uh, yeah, my, I, for some reason, liked West Virginia catching points last week at home. And uh, that was a mistake. They, they, got, they got beat 34-17. So uh, that was my lone loss right in the noon window. So I ripped the card up right away. And then the rest of the card went three and zero on a four teamer that paid nine to one. A nice little Chris 10 would have turned it to a hundred, but no, anyway, um, here we go. Uh, I got Virginia plus 14 and a half, uh, UCLA and USC is this weekend. Uh, I'll take UCLA minus three. I found Oregon at plus three and a half. So I like that extra hook. I think that's going to be a tight game and they can win it. Uh, I'll lay seven with Auburn. Uh, High State, I found an 18 and a half. So I'll lay that. And Notre Dame is my final one. Lay in the full 17. Sixth place for me. Do you have anything? Yeah, um, I got a couple here. Uh, The Armed Forces Parlay is in effect again this week. Air Force, Navy, and Army all to win. Um, Army, UMass, uh, Air Force, Nevada, 
and then Navy going to surprise one down in ECU. I think I think all three of our armed forces win, uh, respecting the troops this weekend. And then my only other one is rivalry week came a week early for us. The best game is the civil conflict, UConn UCF. Uh, shout out Bob Diaco creating that trophy back in 2014. <laughs> UCF didn't want it. UConn somehow still didn't win it. Um, <laughs> I've, like I said, I've been on UConn all year. And they hey, they hit last week. Yeah, but they, they hit against Clemson. Uh, yep. Bust out the Air Apostle jerseys. Bust out the Husky helmet sticker. Let's go. 30 and a half point dogs. I, I, I like UConn in this one. Living dangerously, but I fucking, I dig it, man. Um. All right, dude. Well, uh, next week, yeah, it's rivalry week. Uh, it's Thanksgiving, so we'll have a uh, full plate. Pardon the pun uh, of a podcast next week. Might have to move it up in the week. I don't know. We'll we'll do it in the group chat, but maybe get it out a couple days earlier um, because we have to. But uh, yeah, very exciting time, dude. Uh, appreciate you coming on. And uh, any famous last words? Go Irish, went out, baby. All right. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, follow the show on Twitter and Facebook at Podcock PCAST. Um, follow the show. We're on every major podcasting platforms and the minor ones, too. So uh, dig the show up. Uh, we appreciate you listening and sharing it and uh, doing all that jazz uh, for Bobby Russell, uh, AWOL, Bryce Baumgartner, and the only Tyler Peacock bidding you a farewell. <laughs>